in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bully-proofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call, 513-575-9654. Perhaps you're seeking some advice, individual advice at that, on an old 401k, 403b, some type of employer-sponsored plan, for some perhaps even NUA analysis, Here's the point. If you're no longer with the company, then as a rule, your money should not be there either. So we can help you roll that out into a tax-neutral IRA, take control of your money. Give us a call, 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, James, when it... uh... When is it time to call it quits? When is it time to call it quits? Today's topic is just that, determining when you should retire. Uh, people stumble around, like, you know, trying to find out if they have quarters, nickels, and dimes in their pocket. You ever seen those change rattlers? They get a little nervous. They get a little anxious. They get their hand in their pocket, and they start here to let, rattling the change. Of course, not, not many people deal in change anymore. No one likes to carry around change. We're always dumping out of their pocket, piling it somewhere, and hoping to get it counted and converted to cash, cold, hard cash. But this retirement question, when to call it quits, is something you must confront, push through, arrive at, be comfortable with, accept, and move forward. Because then you've got that next step. You know what's called? Withdrawal pangs. You've got to understand that retirement is going to come easy after the angst and anxiety that you feel after working so long constructively, going to work every day, feeling connected, feeling productive, and then what? You're not working at all. Everything's got to be worked out. All the income you've saved into post-expense savings, hopefully you've saved now you've got to make that, that bucket of money last how long? As long as you do. So there's a lot of psychology to it as well as the practical aspects of just actually, you know, logistically having a plan, making it work, the right investments, right investment mix, things all having a job description for your buckets of money so that you can succeed on purpose. And that's exactly what we want to help you with. So this topic revolving around the burning question that pre-retirees are constantly asking themselves when should I retire? Question not only requires some deep thought, but should require even some deeper planning too. So when people think about retirement, James, it elicits that wide variety of emotions. You know, a roller coaster of emotions. If you can just picture it in your mind's eye, excitement, anxiety, nervousness, fear. It's not all negative. I mean, again, excitement was the first word there. But excitable uh, leads to a little bit increased respiration, heart pounds uh, in your chest wall. It's like, oh my goodness. And then Fear strikes. What are you going to do with it? The opposite of faith is fear. If you have a plan and you're grounded, you can stay flat-footed, reaching for the stars. Old Casey Kasin is in there. And and, uh, overcome the fear with that faith because you have a plan to succeed. Anyway, all these emotions, the the gamut, the range, the the panorama, um, you name it, it's all there. But when people start thinking about this, you know, saying goodbye to that paycheck that they've been receiving during the working years, well, it's when they may start to get that pit in their stomach. So today, it seems retirement may not be 
quite as carefree as it once was for a variety of reasons, declining health, cash flow, income needs, changes in the overall economy, news, noise of the day, politics, divisiveness, culture, multiculturalism. It's a Pandora's box of a mess out there. Don't get distracted. Stay focused. Nose to the grind. So these factors, uh, is all kind of alliterated here, play a large role in the trepidation, emotion, about retirement. So helping to reduce or eliminate the concerns that people have, just like you, pre-retirees, needing to cover all their bases when planning for retirement. You know what? The old saying about you, you don't, you know, ready, aim, ready, aim, you fail to fire. It doesn't have to be perfect. So maybe that's the first rule. Just kind of let yourself off the hook of perfection because everyone falls short of that glory. We just want to make sure we're covering the bases, tagging up on them, taking care of what we can see in the near distance not the midterm, long-term. We're going to plan for the long-term, but please understand right out of the box that not all of this comes with perfect clarity. So don't stress over that. Let us be your tour guide. Let us carry the flashlight in the dark corners of this cave of unknowns and help you succeed. So today, in continuing with this, as we're just scratching the surface of the topic, when to call it quits, determining when you should retire, we want to discuss some key factors that you need to plan for when thinking about your retirement date. All right, so let's get to the thought-provoking questions that tie into today's show. So when we say what factors should be considered before deciding to retire, are we talking about just financial decisions? Are we looking at emotional, psychological decisions to be made? Is it really just purely a financial issue? That's is, you know, sometimes that's the bottom line, right? The bottom line is the bottom line. What happens if I retire before age 65 and need health insurance? Or with the spouse, what happens if you retire, you're over age 65, but the spouse is not, and they need health insurance? What do you do? Can you continue working and still perhaps draw or start drawing Social Security while still working? Will there be any tax implications? Will there be any take-back implications? A take-back means, and it sounds worse than it really is, it just it's like a mugging and a beating or just a mugging. So the take-back works like this. If you're more than a year away from your full retirement age, whatever that number may be, could be 66, could be 67, or somewhere in between. So if you're more than one year away from that particular magical age, the take back or the earnings limit kind of goes like this. During 2023, the limit is this, $21,240. That's what you can earn without having a take back provision. Now, the take-back provision doesn't mean they're going to keep it forever. It just means the government, being they, will keep your excess or the, you know, there's a one for $2 over that limit take-back. They'll keep that until your full retirement age, and at that point, they'll give it back to you. So they'll only take it for a while. So, James, let's say, for example, our full retirement age is 67, yes. and we were to stumble across and have a happy birthday to us of age 62, and we pull the trigger on retirement at 62, we're technically five years shy of our full retirement. You're saying in each of those five years that we've taken the early Social Security, each of those five years leading up to our full retirement of 67, so between 62 and 67, we're limited at the current rate, that twenty-two or $21,600 annually. If we make anything above that, they're going to take $1 back for every two that pay us from Social Security. So it's a consideration in the financial plan, particularly in the cash flow plan. And let's let's modify that just a little bit. So again, more than one year away, the limit is twenty one thousand two forty. If you're within the year of your full retirement age, that goes up quite a bit to fifty six thousand two fifty. 
breaking it down on a monthly basis, it's like 1770 versus 4710 on a monthly basis. So if your calendar year within that full that that one full year of your full retirement age, then and only then is the earnings limit over $56,000. The good news about these numbers is that they go up or they are somewhat indexed to inflation, however the government defines inflation on a yearly basis. So we'll cover that throughout the show in a little bit more detail, hopefully less confusing details. So when we're deciding at what age to draw Social Security, these are factors. Your tax return is a factor. Your take-back provisions, what you're subject to as far as the earnings limit, is a factor. Your other sources of income, all these are factors. So if you're married, and this is also when you start adding in variations, if you're married, how should you determine when either we or myself and my spouse should start drawing Social Security? Are there other factors beyond just simply the retirement benefits of your own personal work record, the spousal benefits, the perhaps family benefit options, or children, dependent children benefit options? There are so many different factors that should be considered before you just simply pull that plug. How do you transition from making contributions to your accounts to taking distributions? This is like saying the phase of life. Are you in the the contribution phase, you're still working, you're still contributing, versus now you're, the time is maybe to start trying to preserve or even to distribute your assets. So at certain a uh, certain point in time of your life, you're going to transition, usually upon retirement, from putting money into those accounts to now taking monies out. In what sequence, what tax status do you have? What are the implications of the different tax statuses of your accounts? Is there a specific rule of thumb when, it, when you say, well, should I retire when determining if my nest egg is sufficient to retire? So is there some type of multiplier or factor when it comes to how do I determine is there some type of maybe magical number as what I'm trying to achieve? What type of debt is perhaps acceptable to still have in retirement? To what degree will Medicare cover medical expenses in retirement? It's not going to cover all of them. And depending upon what you have for, you know, which version of Medicare insurance, it might pay for some or most, but it won't pay for all of your expenses. There'll be some, some level of expense or cost. And how do you know where to allocate your investments, your nest egg, when you retire? There's lots of questions, Greg. But yeah, certainly. A lot, of, a lot of considerations. And I know we mentioned it from time to time that, you know, you mentioned accumulation phase when you're doing contributions and so forth. In distribution phase, the time you're taking money out to take your own money over long periods of time to provide cash flow. And um, I just read an article this week, but again, we say it often, that coming down the mountainside, distribution, deaccumulation, is the dangerous dangerous spot. Um, seen a lot of reports in recent years that the largest number of fatalities related to the uh, climbing of Mount Everest. So check it out for yourself. How many people die on the way up versus the larger number of people that die on the way down? The accumulation, the distribution phase, your retirement phase of life is your trickiest, slickest spot, most prone areas to fall from the mountain. If you don't get it right, we want to help you get it right uh, the first time and the last time, which may be, in fact, one in the same time. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned to listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. 
Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors, LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth. We are an independent registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients, not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, we are going to continue to when we should call it quits. When should you call it quits as it relates to retirement? Determining when you should actually retire. It's like picking out your retirement date. If you had to say, you know, what date, um, a lot of times we'll just ask people, what is the age, is their target retirement age as their date, as their exit sign? You know, you, you're looking at 60, are you looking at 55 and doing a 72T and and some special provisions under Internal Revenue Code to access those deferred funds of yours uh, without a tax penalty. And the less well-known is the 72Q. So there's a 72T and a 72Q that lets you draw monies out of your qualified accounts, your retirement plans, before the age of 59 and a half without a penalty. That's the whole point. The 72-whatever-letter designation of the Internal Revenue Code, if you're not quite to the age of 59 and a half, which is the government's version of saying your retirement date, then and only then can you take monies out without penalty. Exactly. And if you're looking at 62, the earliest time you can also piggyback that with taking your Social Security or every year in between leading up to your full retirement age, which might be 66 or 66 in whatever month in between 66 and 67 or 67 itself, or age 70 and get the largest check, but you have less years on earth, less months at a time, to be here to collect the check, what is the right decision for you? There's 96 election periods between age 62 and 70, those being the months themselves. You know, we'd just love to help you with this because as a subject goes, this subject for many people brings stress. And we just don't want you to feel that way. If you'll just contact us, we'll have a complimentary time together. That means no obligation and it's free for us to spend time in investing it in you with the resources. So first appointments, get the facts on the table about you. Second appointment, sharing all of our, our findings and recommendations, not holding anything back, 100% transparent, totally clear and specific. That's our way to demonstrate to you what information can lead to making a good decision, a better decision. And um, review your current portfolio, current investments, whatever you have, market investments, annuities. Be careful with annuities. They're typically sold by uh, insurance agents. We call them... Um, well, anyway, it doesn't matter what we call them. They're not necessarily financial advisors, and they could be chasing a commission and get you all shackled to an annuity you may or well, may not need. Clarify that just a little bit, because we are licensed insurance agents, but we're not just a licensed insurance agent. That's the key distinction. Yes, in our financial planning and market investments, we have a fiduciary duty to project and plan and recommend what's best for you. Your best interests come first. That's a fiduciary duty to put your interests first in each situation. So when carrying uh, an insurance license, 
but wearing a, a fiduciary hat to present what's best and then being full disclosure on whatever annuity or commission uh, that we as an insurance company, a separate division would be paid is to your benefit because we're going to use only what's best for you. And if an annuity might be beneficial to you, we're going to tell you why. We're going to tell you which one. We're going to include the features, benefits, and cost. It's not going to be a high commission. It's going to be a low commission because highest commission would be a form of a conflict, right? More commission, less feature benefit for you. You're supposed to get the better side of the benefit structure. So annuities aren't bad. The wrong annuity for you or too much money in any annuity uh, is not right for you. So a lot of a lot of things just in that one area. But we'll look at life insurance, beneficiary structure, tax, tax preparation, tax advisory, uh, state planning, all of it brought together, kind of like the Mayo Clinic of Financial Services. And through that complete assessment, a second opinion on the health of your wealth, because you can't get a second opinion from the same person or entity or group you got the first, right? Just think that through. We want to help you, and we will do just that. And then without that obligation, you can be presented solutions and walk away knowing that you can make a clear-eyed um, decision and if we agree to disagree and not work together now just keep us in mind it's that simple so it's quite understandable that that might be stressful right and it's one of the most important decisions you'll ever make and you might only get one shot at it and we've we've been down this road before we've seen thousands of households similar to yours hundreds probably exactly like yours even though everyone's different you know over the count of a thousands how you approach retirement get it done right we would like to save uh, error and also trial from your life. So whether you have a lot of money saved for retirement, just a little, you know, pulling the trigger on retirement is never easy. There are many things that pre-retirees need to consider before you do actually retire. Income is something that should be the most um, heads and shoulders above because like cash flow is retirement. Try retiring without cash flow. Not pretty. And we're all so used to having a constant paycheck, aren't we? Through the working years, the 20 or 30 years of your career path, now you're going to be constructively unemployed 20 to 30 years also. That's that's a big change. But anyway, instead of just saving and putting money away for retirement, you likely need to draw from your nest egg uh, now as you transition retirement. You might have the first couple of years where Social Security and some other commitments or inflows are going to meet your need. But a lot of people want to do most of the fun things and expensive things in the first 10 years of the retirement because they want the first 10 years to be mighty sweet. And then they want another 10 years after that, don't we? And then another 10 after that if you can squeeze it. But we know that we start to slow down. We also know that we get to mark things off our bucket list. There's fewer things as time passes to target to go do that also have a price tag associated with it. But James likes to say often that uh, as a reminder, the first couple of years you step into retirement, if you haven't done a dressed rehearsal, be prepared. It might be a little more expensive than you thought because every day becomes what day? Saturday. <laughs> Saturday, James. <laughs> like fill in the blank, right? Every day is a Saturday. Can you imagine living like every day is a Saturday? That sounds like a lot of fun, but it might be expensive too. If instead of golfing on weekends, now you're golfing three days a week. Anyway, the mindset, investing decisions, they're all likely to be in the direction of change for your life as you take this one-off event called retirement, try to make it the best. James? Well, I mean, oftentimes when we have people come to see us and maybe that open-ended question of when would you like to retire? And usually the first response is yesterday. But more realistically, it's I want to retire at certain milestone ages, whether that's for me or the collective we. So between husband and wife, we're looking at are are things properly covered as far as the benefits are concerned. Sometimes the benefits include pensions. And for the pension options, do you have the different options where you can take a lump sum distribution and privatize retirement? Do you have a 
suspension option where you can have where there's beneficial uh, options for the spouse, whether it be a 50%, 75%, 100% as far as some type of ensuring their life versus just simply the one life. So the joint payout options, very important. Don't overlook those because sometimes that's the most important reason why you should not take the annuitized version of your pension is not having insurance for the spouse in case something happens to you. That's, again, don't overlook that importance. So when it comes to people having been retired for a couple of years or even five to 10 years and how they're invested, sometimes that's the biggest transition of how do people invest once they've retired versus how were they invested when they were still working, still had that renewal paycheck coming in every two weeks or every whatever the frequency was, like on a monthly basis. So once you've retired, is it really the time or is this you personally, how you feel about risk, market risk, that you should become more conservative? I know stereotypically, that's how people tend to think is because I'm now retired, I should be more conservative, which is perhaps a a fact, perhaps that's how you should be, you know, but again, it's a personal decision. So how do you feel about the markets? How do you feel about investing? How do you feel about the future of our economy, of, of our nation. I mean, you, you said something about the investor news, more like the investor noise when it comes to making your decisions based on who wins the White House. It's not, it's the markets don't correlate to who's in the White House. As much as we either like it or don't like it, they just simply don't correlate there. Yeah, I would say these days, I look at news and media as they're both the chum throwers and the shark. I think the sharks and us are innocent bystanders watching it all play out in a very dramatized fashion. And what do you believe? Who do you listen to and why? But we'd like to say you can believe uh, what we're saying because this is what we do. And we do put your interests first. And we've seen a lot. want to help you through it all. Yeah, and- but don't overlook Congress because they do determine our tax policy. And there's some, there's some really interesting provisions coming up here in the next couple of years. One big one could be the Trump tax cuts that are, that are set to sunset after year 2025. What that really has an impact on as far as the taxes is more on the estate planning. So there, there's some looming changes that are major changes coming up that, you know, when it comes to the overall retirement planning process, don't overlook the estate planning portion of that as well, because that's your legacy. So we can help you with planning for what could be coming around down the road, around the corner, so to speak, as far as what might happen with the, the future of our taxation system. So James, to set up the next segment before we break, when we come back, I'm going to ask you a question, a question we hear a lot. Can I afford to retire? I'm sitting across from you. I'm a prospect, I'm a client, and I'm going to ask you, can I afford to retire? So that's what we're going to do when we come back. All right. And our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Mind Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with the Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borton. We are an independent RIA. That's a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients, not companies. And it all starts with a plan. That means actually having a plan, knowing what you own and why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on old 401k, 43B, IRA rollover, investment planning, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning, social security maximization, Roth conversion analysis, NUA analysis, and for some, perhaps even in-service rollover, 
All those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all. Big question for you, James. Here I am sitting in front of you. I need some answers. Can I afford to retire? Mm, Good question. And really, I wish we all had the answer to this. And if we did, planning for retirement would be a lot simpler. So in other words, if, if everyone, the answer was yes, we'd all be able to stop working today and kiss it all goodbye and go on our way. Hey, you mentioned risk earlier. Folks listening can go to our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com, get a free report about, it's called Color of Money Risk Analysis, Camera. Just look for Color of Money, click on it, take you through a little video, give you a link to do an 11-question, very non-invasive questionnaire that will result in a score, Color of Money score and risk analysis for you. So that's something. If you want to learn more about all these topics, uh, you can look at uh, seminars. There's a place on our website that says seminars. They're usually on a Tuesday or Thursday, a couple of month. Um, choose one that works for you, food, fund, and finance, and uh, dinner will be on us. And you come in, uh, we do some fact-finding together. We have a follow-up appointment, shows all the analysis, present a plan, share recommendations. So we can help you with the question, of can you afford to retire and all that goes with it? But James, on the same notion there, can, uh, can I afford to retire? I'm staring you in the eyes. Continue through that. Well, there's some variables to take into account, and maybe one way of, of looking at retirement is to Picture, if you will, a seesaw with one side labeled assets, the other side labeled as expenses. So your assets in retirement can include pensions, 401ks, 403bs, or other retirement accounts through the employer. Personalized individual accounts, IRAs, in other words, could be traditional Roth or some version of traditional like the SEPs and the Simples. Annuities, hopefully not variable annuities, but again, different types of annuities. Social security is also one of the assets or form of an asset in retirement and then investment. So if you don't quite have what the, the government might call a retirement account, maybe just have a regular brokerage account. Well, guess what? If you're retired, your brokerage account becomes like a retirement account. It just is a non-qualified account. You might also be where you're getting an inheritance or have already received an inheritance. And Sometimes also, while we're either transitioning from working, maybe we're working for ourselves, maybe we're doing contracting work. So it could be salary, wages, or other types of, of compensation. You know, again, if you're planning on working either either full-time or part-time. Now, on the other side, the expenses, these include things like health care, could also be health insurance, as well as the out-of-pocket expenses, your daily living expenses. Hopefully not, but for some, there's definitely long-term care expenses that become a factor here, maybe a big factor at that, discretionary expenses, purchases for fun things such as travel, leisure, and entertainment. So the key when thinking about this retirement seesaw is you want to keep the expenses side from winning. If you know what I mean, that means you're not getting weighed down by the expenses more than what you have for the assets. Now, to do that, probably going to at some point start crunching some numbers, you know, get out the old calculator, do a spreadsheet, if you will, get some software, download some software, see where you stand, and if you seem to be on track. Greg, any thoughts? Oh, most certainly. Um, and can you afford to retire? Just come in and see us because we'll, we'll enter everything into a form of analysis to see re- actually where you are, what risk your current holdings are versus the risk you should be through the Colored Money Risk Analysis Assessment Tool. And then we will build out a plan based on the findings and analysis to align all that we know um, to be in harmony with your goals, objectives, 
wishes, dreams, needs for cash flow, types of assets and investments you hold need to produce the cash flow you need to last how long? Well, again, as long as you do, right? For the rest of your forever. So, and there, there are calculators out there, but you need more than a calculator. You need a plan. You need the plan to contain the investments for the right purposes. Uh, somewhere during this show, James mentioned that, um, you know, there's just the bottom line is just the bottom line. Well, you know, he and I, we both know that you're more than a bottom line. This is about people, purpose, uh, positioning, and prosperity. And we, we need those four P's of alliteration to line up with success for you and yours as a household. And your plan needs to be as unique as you are. Okay, Yes, it's true. There are very similar situations in retirement at large, but yours is still what's most important to you, right? You're not tr- trying to retire some insurance company or some investment platform. You're trying to return an, an investment and retire you. You come first. And we see this when people need to make a, a difference, a change, um, go in a different direction. And they'll feel like, gosh, you know, I just... Um, Advisors are a friend or that platform been with forever and all that. Well, that's good. But ultimately, at the end of the day, um, when you're wondering, well, Mr. Brown, how do we make this change? Well, we're going to hold you by the hand. We're going to transition those assets over into the right investments uh, with our firm and fund your plan for your purpose and your success, okay, your prosperity. Well, how do I tell my existing advisor? Well, just be prepared for that. You know, we'll just take care of it. But if you feel like you need to say something to somebody, just let them know you appreciate all their help. Um, you wish them well in the future. You hope they'll wish you the same. And goodbye. Because if you stay and linger any longer, they're going to stick a foot in the door and they're going to go into this conversation 101, conversion 101 that they're trained from the motherships. It's part of their bonus and compensation plan to try to keep on board, kind of rattle things, confuse you. And it go like this. Oh, I thought we were friends. Or how about this? I didn't know you were dissatisfied. Why don't you come in and let's talk about it? Or... Mr. and Mrs. Smith, can you explain to me exactly what it is that, that they're advising you to do? Well, and it doesn't matter what you say at this point. Here's what they're going to say. They're going to say, well, it doesn't sound like you know exactly what you're doing or, or what you're, what you're going to be investing in. You know, if you don't understand what you're investing, you probably shouldn't do it. Why don't you come in and let's talk about it. All of that can be so contrary and disruptive to what you know you already need to do for you. Okay? We will handle all that. Don't let that type of anxiety sneak in the process either. It's time to go in the right direction. We specialize in this. Oftentimes we say tongue-in-cheek, and we kind of throw out a question or a teaser. Hey, how many of you out there are still seeing a pediatrician as your doctor? Well, we know better than that, right? But are you investing better than that as though you know right, too? We're the specialists. Come see us. This is the financial phase of life. you got to get right the first time, not often, the one time. So anyway, you're curious. You need to check out calculators and things and tinker with toys well, that's fine. But what you need is a real bona fide plan, holistic in nature, that's designed for success. So, um, you know, don't be tempted to just play with calculators online and, and goof around. This is serious business. You know this is true. So, hypothetical example, help you paint a picture. Number one, determine your total projected annual expenses in the first year of retirement. For easy math, let's say you had an expense structure of 100000 a year. Number two, subtract your predictable income, such as foundational income, a social security, a pension if you have one, rental income, other sources of monthly income, annualize that. So let's figure what that annual expense is. Well, let's say it came out to 50000 So you take your 100000 of expenses, you take that income of 50000 out, you're short $50,000 on an annual basis. That's how much you would theoretically need to withdraw from your portfolio, right? Using these other assets to generate the right income to supply the cash flow you need to fill this gap. 
Now, here's the thought. Multiply that $50,000 shortfall by 25. Now, the assumption there is that you know, 25 years into retirement, somewhere between 20 and 30, statistically accurate. Don't plan it so short, you got to die on time, right? So let's just use 25 times 50,000. That's $1.25 million. $1.2, that's $1,250,000. So as an ex- example, you need approximately $1.25 million in retirement savings in order to retire. Assuming that your retirement will last the 25 to 30 years, of course, in that analogy. But as we all know, everyone's situation is different. So again, this is just a hypothetical example to help you determine how much you might need in a nest egg to support the cash flow gap of your retirement needs in terms of cash flow. James? Well, that's, that's a good time to stop there because we are up against a commercial break. But you know, here's, here's the point. The rule of 25 is just simply one example of a rule of thumb. It doesn't mean that's going to be your situation. It just means that's a hypothetical example. There's other so-called rules of thumb to take into consideration. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned, you're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Worth, and we are a independent registered investment advisory firm. That means we do work for clients, not companies, Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Greg. You know, it's an inspiring song, I think, about retirement and financial freedom. There's a song by Martina McBride called, um, what is that? Something Day, Independence Day. Independence Day. And here we are approaching, you know, that time of the year in summer. And I know the show plays and podcasts and rotates around all seasons, but it's just always a good season to declare independence over something. And if you need financial freedom, we're a good place to be engaged with. If you're looking for independence, from, you know, the workflow, the work life, the career path, and transition to retirement where you're going to provide your own cash flow through investments over long periods of time. Well, the last segment we left off with setting a picture of just an example, the 25 times your shortfall, 25 years in that illustration of retirement equaled, you know, in that example, 50,000 times 25 is $1.25 million it has to be made up in cash flow to supply the cash flow to fill the gap of other sources of income versus what you really need on a monthly basis annualized. So what is it going to be for you? And what are other strategies to look at along the way to help you with all this positioning? So James, some thoughts on strategies to create more savings before retirement. Yes, it starts with maybe saving more aggressively. That means your retirement plan at work, increase your contribution amounts. At the very least, if there's some type of employer match, you should contribute up to at the very least, whatever that match happens to be. But yes, bottom line, pay yourself first. That means increase your contributions to your 401ks, your 403bs, privately your IRAs, perhaps even your non-qualified accounts. And if you're saving, contributing 5%, see if you can do 8% or even 10% or even up to 12%. Percentages-wise, sometimes those are good, but people also, how they do math, sometimes they need dollars as well. So you know, convert from percentages to dollars and see if that's affordable within your budget. And then, you know, small things start adding up over time. It'll be almost like a snowball effect and you'll be happy. Your, your later self will be wanting to thank your younger self. Another one is perhaps to delay retirement. 
Now, this is a little bit tricky because it means considering staying at your job for a few more years. Some people, it's like, "Mm, I'm done with that. And yeah, it could sound like it's not such a great idea, but those few years oftentimes do make a big difference. Usually, as we get later in life, that means since your 50s and 60s, those are some of the highest paying years of your so-called career. So speak to your employer, maybe see if scaling back on the hours worked is an option for you rather than just simply retiring completely. Some employers allow for flexible schedules and they may accommodate for you if it's needed. And also the concept kind of goes like this. Instead of just doing part-time work, maybe consider also doing contract work and, and working for yourself for a change. Start looking for opportunities in fields that you've been doing all of your life or most of your career anyways, or in a field that you maybe have a passion for. So those are just different ideas. Greg? Yeah, it just it had me just staring in the headlights there thinking about these um, strategies because another strategy that's it's difficult for people, spending less in retirement. Consider downsizing to a smaller home. Maybe look at communities around that have a lower cost of living. For taxation, look for a smaller footprint on maintenance and other costs. Um, even if it means allowing you to travel, just lock the door, leave the house behind, little to no maintenance or worries, concerns while you go spend a few weeks someplace else and spending time someplace else. doesn't always take a second home. Um, doesn't always take an RV. You know, you can look ahead, get some rentals a couple weeks here and there throughout different seasons, determine what you want to go do, experience, explore. Um, be careful not to fall in love with too many places too early, too often that feel like you're your daydream and scheme that you're going to, just sell everything and move there or downsize here and have a place there. Everywhere you get a place, there's a place. Everyone has a place, place. It sounds like a song and kids rhyme, but be careful. It all comes with maintenance cost overhead. So just, just slow it down a bit. We encourage you to spend a few years exploring and enjoying different places before you get tempted to say, Oh honey, I love this place. Let's just dig in and own something. No, no, no. Just be slow. Um, Cut down significantly on travel expenses are unnecessary. Look for more all-inclusive opportunities. You can get nickel and dime um, paying as you go on all these things. I tell you what, some of my best travel experiences in my life have been all-inclusive. And it's into different parts or certain parts of the world that offer that. I tell you, it can be worth it. When I go, well, I'll just leave it at that because that, that, that just it can bring out a little resentment and bitterness in me as a traveler, just how much I'll spend if I don't stay true to the all-inclusive. That's just a personal bent. Try to eat out less often or be wiser time of day you know early bird specials things like that not to sound over cheapening your retirement like you're going to have to live on beans and bald tires or anything but and i'll tell you another area that people can get in some trouble in retirement um and it's just a matter of what's necessary what's not how can you still have a great life and not just overdo it and and maybe this will be a sore spot with some maybe it is even with me but you know say i have a choice of golf balls i'm paying about four times what i need to to still hit a ball make it go down the course and have a good afternoon. You know, how caught up do I need to be in that special driver, the special putter, et cetera, et cetera. But hey, how about your significant other? How caught up they need to have, you know, Louis, Louis Vuitton and Michael Coors over something else. I just, I know I'm walking on thin ice here, but when I see an item, let's say a purse that could be purchased in pure leather, really nice, well done, well crafted for less than a hundred bucks. And instead, buying something that just because it has a name, it's 3500 I about fall out of my shoes sometimes some of the stuff I see. Occasionally, we'll get it anyway. you got to keep everyone happy. But um, this all falls into the difference in the life in retirement versus still having earned income. And here's a word for you to learn. Are you ready? No. 
No, not going to do it. What are the not going to do it? Maybe you're not taking the adult children out as often for dinner unless they pick up the tab, their own tab. Go Dutch. I don't know where Dutch came from. I'll leave the Dutch out of it. They're probably innocent. But it's just one of those things you learn to do. And the vacations where you've spent most of your life taking your children who are now adults with their own children on vacation and picking up the entire tab. Got to find another way to cut the carpet on the old dance floor. This will eat you alive expense-wise if you don't learn to say no. Or how about this? Modify it. Practice it together. Not this time. Anyway, James, some sore spots, if you will. Pulled oh. off a lot of scabs here. Good ones. How about paying off the bad debts? That means get rid of those credit cards, those personal loans, automobile loans. Usually, it kind of goes like this. Don't finance a depreciating asset is, is kind of the mantra that we go by. So if, if you think about the, your cars as being a, an example of that, if you can't pay cash for that car, maybe you can't afford it, or maybe you shouldn't try to afford it. That's maybe the point about that one. But it's really a cost of money issue, first and foremost, no matter what type of good or bad debt that you might happen to have. So as long as the interest rates are under control, and this is what happens a lot of times with credit cards, is you look, kind of let those go for a couple of months, suddenly that interest rate starts spiking up. That's, that's the danger sign of having debt that's out of control is when you're getting close to what are like loan shark rates of your credit cards. So get those paid off on a monthly basis. It's not a bad thing to use a credit card. It just means you're using same as cash for 20 days versus two years. That's, that's really what we're looking at. So cost of money, get rid of those types of debts. Greg? Yeah, debt, good debt versus bad debt. I'm glad you emphasized bad um, age on Social Security, we talked through some of that. It's going to really be according to your plan, what works for cash flow, the alignment of time when you want to retire. Uh, James mentioned there's reasons why people delay. Uh, one of those just being to build a larger check, not just for you, but in case that yours is larger, significantly larger than your spouse's and something happens to you, they get to keep the larger of the two. So you're kind of uh, premeditating a survivor's benefit. So lots of reasons. We want to help you maximize Social Security, your pension decisions, your buyouts from the companies, your early retirement and package from whatever company in the tri-state area. There's a lot of large companies that do this periodically. We want to help you make the best decisions on all the above. So going over the basics um, with that, you know, you have your full retirement age between age 65 and 67. Um, that's statistically, actually, the time you get the best check, you get 100% of what is your Social Security. If you're waiting time after that, statistically, you might be falling into um, the reality that, yeah, you're getting a larger check, but you have fewer months on earth to enjoy spending it. Uh, just a lot about Social Security. Just come in. We'll make sure to get you a Social Security maximization report, help you and yours make the best decision, election decision on that. James, some health care costs. Oh, health care costs. Don't over- overlook this one because when it comes to your Medicare plans, remember this. Don't rely just on original Medicare. That means get either a Medicare Advantage plan or a Medicare Supplement plan. And a good one means that's one that's tailored to your needs. So when you look at what are the different factors involved with the the Medicare decision-making process, it might be this. Do you plan on staying just, for example, in the state of Ohio and receiving medical care only in Ohio? Are you going to be traveling where you might need a a set of doctors in Florida and Ohio or even Kentucky or Indiana? Those are factors because when you look at Medicare plans, where you get your care can be just as important as what type of plan that you have. There's, there's so much more to that. So bottom line, when it comes to Medicare, call us, come see us. We can help you with that decision-making process. Any, Greg, any closing thoughts? Yeah, the whole enchilada. Assess where you're at, help you with the plan, 
make the recommendations, all complimentary, help you with all these things we've discussed and more. Check us out online. Contact us today. We'll help. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. Now, on behalf of Greg, myself, James, thank you for listening today. Have a great week, and remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.